guitars rain soul around. Turn up the dial, kick back, we're freedom bound. So pack up your bags and throw me the key. Welcome to episode 24 of Women of the Wagons, where the men aren't the only ones with stories from the wagon trail. I'm your host, Cass Patterson. I'm excited to bring you this episode of Women of the Wagons. It is the first episode in a couple of weeks where it's a brand new conversation and interview. And I hope you guys enjoyed uh, the previous two episodes were the best of. Um, I think it's really important that we do go back to those original conversations and that we keep sharing some of our favorite parts of those conversations because that's the only way that we keep pushing this conversation forward. Wow, that was a lot of times I said the word conversation. Okay, anyways, um, what I mean by that is if we keep going back to those original guests, to those original discussions, if we keep going back to some of our favorite parts of those different episodes, then we can push these next conversations forward. And in a lot of ways, I think that's what happened with this next guest, Katrina Berry. Now, Katrina's really cool in the fact that she has her own Western sports career. And you're gonna learn a lot about that um, in this conversation. You're also gonna learn about her love of the sport, about her love of equine athletes, about why she got into this crazy world. And then we're gonna, you know, throw in some tidbits about her uh, fiance, Cody Ridsdale, who, as you guys might recognize, is a driver on the WPCA circuit. So without further ado, here's my interview with Katrina Berry. And we are on the line with Katrina Berry, and we're excited because we figured out technology and it's our friend. <laughs> Let's keep it that way. Yeah. So how are things going for you guys right now? Because, I mean, I'm going to guess that you guys got the same snow that we did. I don't, I don't know. We don't have as much snow as we can have at this time of year. I think we only have like a couple inches. We've been so lucky with the fall that we've had it's been awesome it's it's just turned like actual winter the last couple of weeks so I'll take it oh I'm jealous we got winter a month ago and it yeah. was fun no a month ago I was still riding outside in a t-shirt some days so for where we are that's kind of a big deal <laughs> I was pretty excited so whereabouts are you guys located um we're just outside of Fairview so it's about an hour and a half north of Grand Prairie Oh, okay. Um, so I guess I kind of want to start with, uh, let's start with your childhood, your younger years, all that <laughs> fun stuff. And <laughs> she's like, uh-oh, Cass, what are we doing? <laughs> so let's start off um, in your younger years. You said that you didn't grow up with horses. You no. Just fell in love. Yeah. We, we grew up on a farm, like my grandparents were grain farmers, but I was not raised in a horse family at all. And I, I don't remember why I was so obsessed with horses. I just remember being obsessed with horses from when I can remember. So I begged and begged my mom. All I wanted to do was ride horses. And I think when I was in grade one, she finally found someone around us that would do riding lessons. And yeah, I, I, it's so funny. I literally remember that day, like, you know, perfectly. That was such a big deal when I got to go for riding lessons. And I started riding English. I rode English for six years. I always wanted to barrel race, but that just, like, I just took what I could get. If I could ride a horse, that was good enough for me. And that's what we had available to us at the time. So 
I jumped for five or six years. Um, and then I cut grass from when I was like in grade three to grade seven. I finally had saved up enough money that I bought a horse and it was a cheap horse and he bucked my butt off for like three or four years, but I rode every day regardless. And, um, yeah, I actually finally got that one going and I like self-taught myself how to barrel race. Like it was, I never got any, anything handed to me. That's for sure. But, um, and ever since then, I've just worked my way up of, um, getting a little bit better horses, but I've never gotten a, a real barrel horse in my life. Even now I, I buy nice prospects, but I have to train them myself. And, um, yeah, it's from whenever I, this far back as I can remember, I just, I was obsessed with horses. I'm still obsessed with horses. I'm a 30 year old woman that all I do is think about horses. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing wrong with only <laughs> really. Yeah. So, okay. I find it really interesting that you did English first and then you moved in to barrel racing. Yeah. They're very different styles and very different kind of training regimens not only with the horses but with yourself as a rider so um, what was kind of that whole process like for you and like the mentality of it is completely different as well like it's just like yeah. opposites <laughs> I guess I I never I never did compete in jumping though like I literally I just did you know English jumping lessons up until you know I have my own horse but I'm grateful that I did start that way because I do think that um, riding English and learning, like they're very picky and they're, it's very perfect, right? And I, I learned how to ride really well from riding English. So I'm grateful for that. Um, and I just, I studied a lot. I still, you know, watch barrel training videos all night long until I fall asleep and every morning when I drink coffee. And that's what I did when I was younger too. I. My mom, I'd get the books for Christmas or the videos for Christmas and I just went with it. I'm like having flashbacks to my younger self and my aunt yelling at me, like <laughs> brought out your head and you're like sitting yeah. so perfectly that your body hurts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was in very good shape as a child. <laughs> I feel like my Not body is perfect. Yeah. So you got a horse who decided that he wanted to buck your butt off the entire yeah. time <laughs> and well i i found out years later that when they sold us the horse he wasn't actually that broke they actually put a saddle on him for the first time that morning before i came to try him so he was totally fine if i didn't ride with a saddle so i just rode bareback everywhere for like four or five years and i barrel raced bareback <laughs> in the yard I did like I didn't compete bareback because I just didn't compete but I just rode every day and I rode in bareback and that probably helped me too but um then we'd finally sent him off to somebody to get him out of this and then ever since then it we were fine and he actually was a pretty decent barrel horse too eventually <laughs> how old were you when you finally got to run your first race um I was in grade eight or no probably I was in about grade eight or eight or nine I don't know how old I would have been back then 14 15 <laughs> it took a long time it was a long time coming so do you remember like the excitement of that first race and well yeah because it was also our hometown rodeo so of course we had to put two things together and it was like 
such a big deal for me. I remember my fa all my family was there and it was, uh, it was interesting. I stayed on and we made it around and it was all good, but <laughs> I've come a long way since then. So, I mean, if you were to give advice to someone starting out, who's just starting their um, barrel racing dreams mm -hmm. or kind of going forward, what advice would you give them? I, I, looking back, I, I wish that we would have bought, gotten myself a, a nice barrel horse, even if he was 20 years old, just something that had been there and done that, that I could just kind of hang on. I think that's really important. And then to find somebody that, that doesn't, that you trust or admire, because um, I didn't have anything like that back then, right? Um, and I help a lot of younger kids now. And I, I do think about that. I, and I see some of the horses they're on and I'm like, man, I just, I wish that I had that when I was 10 or 12 or 15. And I, I didn't. So that, that would definitely be a big thing. So how did your love for horses and your obsession with horses and your love for the sport of barrel racing kind of, I guess, form your future when it came to schooling and career and all that fun stuff? Yeah, I, I just wanted, I had been like, I wanted to do something with horses, obviously. Um, and I, that was when like equine therapy was just kind of new. I got it done on a few of my barrel horses in high school. And um, it was just something that I really was interested in. And I had like family members and friends, like, you know, you're like 17, like, well, what are you, what are you doing next year when you graduate? And um, I told them what I wanted to do, but that wasn't a real job, you know, like, well, no, you, you need a real job. You need a real career. And that really stressed me out when I was in grade 12, because I had it in my head that, maybe that wasn't a real career. And finally one night I was just, you know, talking to my mom and it was like, no, we can, you can make a go of this. And it is possible to, for this to be my job. Right. And I went to uh, therapy school right out of high school. And that's just what I did. I just, I worked hard at it and I, I had a goal that I wanted to be really good at it. I wanted to be, you know, one of the best there was. And I just worked hard to, get there. And yeah, it was a full-time gig for me for 10 or 12 years. I love that because it just like, it's funny. You still get asked now. It's like, so what are you doing for a career? And you tell people and they're like, no. And you're like, okay, I don't know what I want to be with. I grow up, but I know what I want to be. So just, yeah, just let me be it. And even now I, I ride more horses for a living than I do um, like the chiropractic on horses. And I still have people that don't really understand like so people pay you like you get paid to do this and yeah I do and I do pretty good at it, you know and but it's just something that lots of people don't understand and that's okay they don't have to get it so when you say you ride more horses now let's talk yeah. a little about that what does riding horses in your kind of business mean um well I take well we just call it outside horses so other people pay me to ride their horses for whether it be 30 or 60 days or, you know, a year. Um, and then I've been lucky enough that we've started to acquire some just nice younger horses, like well bred horses. Right. Um, and just riding those up until they're four or five or six or whatever, and then selling them. So, you know, your payday isn't at the end of the month, but you just kind of tough it out. And in a couple of years, you hopefully get a bigger payday. And sometimes it doesn't work out, but, um, that's 
I guess what I do for a living now is I just, I ride all days oh, as much as I can. I get paid one way or the other sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't work out, but I try to. <laughs> I mean, riding all day, every day actually sounds like a dream. Come no, true. it's awesome. And I, yeah, I have, on the hard days, right? It's 20 some below and I'm loading horses to go to town or I'm doing fixing blankets at 11 o'clock at night and it's 30 below now. And, you know, but I have to remember that there's so many people that would kill to have this job. And I've, I had an office job for a few years too. And, you know, I have to think that people would kill to have this job. Like I'm living the life. So I just have to suck it up in this moment. And it's still pretty cool. I guess when was the first time that you got on a thoroughbred? Uh, probably <laughs> like an actual wagon horse. I probably rode thoroughbreds when I rode English actually, like looking back, but, um, probably a year or two into meeting Cody, I didn't get on anything right away. Um, and even then, you, you know, you're still kind of nervous cause it was just a whole new thing for me, but now, and not that I ride a whole bunch here, but, um, I'll exercise the outride horses sometimes in the spring just to get, you know, they get ponied lots, but it's not, we don't hook the outright horses. So if Cody wants them to get back in shape with like weight on their back, I'll ride them out in the field. Um, and then anything that doesn't work to be a wagon or an outright horse, I usually take and put 30 or 60 more days on and then try and resell as, as a, some sort of riding horse, if they are sound enough to. You probably did, but they're probably like, they're kind of two different things when you think you're mm -hmm. like, Oh, check wagon horse or, Oh, yeah. English horse. Yeah, no, I didn't. But when I was younger, I never asked questions of the horse I was going to get on. I just got on the horse. Like, I, you know what I mean? Now I ask more questions, but um, the last few years I've gotten a lot braver and just not that you have to be brave. They're all broke, but you know what I mean? It's, it's not such a big deal for me to take one from Cody's pen to my pen and put some time on it. Absolutely. I guess we've mentioned Cody, so we'll, we'll, we'll start talking about that. <laughs> I guess um, so. You said that you probably crossed path, paths with him a hundred, blah, 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 mm -hmm. I obviously can't talk. Um, <laughs> you probably crossed paths with him a hundred times during your early rodeo days. Yeah. Like, you weren't really a part of the chuck wagon world. So no. how did you guys end up meeting? Um. And looking back, I brow raced against his sister and cousins for like a lot of years, all through high school and, and out of high school. And, and I laugh because she used to kick my butt all the time on this big paint horse. And um, there's times when Cody remembers what rodeo we were at and he was watching his sister and I ran there too. So he probably seen me, but had obviously wasn't paying attention just as much as I paid attention to the chuck wagons. But um because when he ran in the Westerns up here and I just ran, a, you know, a few of the local rodeos or the amateur rodeos, I remember his pink wagon. I remember like the huge Afro flowy hair, <laughs> um, but to put his name to the pink wagon or whatever it was, I just never did. Um, and then his sister had messaged me or got a hold of me to come and work on some horses. And I, so I drove up to Paddle Prairie and Janelle was gone. So they had lined up for Cody to hold the horses and yeah, I worked on, I don't know, three or four or five horses for Janelle and gave Cody my card because, you know, he was starting to spring train and, you know, just for in the future to work on horses. That was like early spring. Cause I remember there was still lots of snow. Um, and then he got a hold of me sometime later in the spring 
probably a couple months later to work on some of his wagon horses. And I guess the rest is history. I, I do laugh though, because I got a whole bunch of money out of him first before I started dating him because I was just really naive and stupid on what he was attempting to do. So <laughs> I just go and he'd, Oh, I need this horse worked on and Oh, this one. And he'd pick out like nine horses for me to work on at a time. And then four days later, he'd call me back to work on another nine and I was just like, holy, this guy just wants his horses worked on. That's awesome. <laughs> so I got a whole bunch of money out of him before I realized that he had maybe a different idea. <laughs> I love it. You're like, oh, I'm just getting a lot of work. This is great. <laughs> yeah, this is awesome. And uh, maybe I should have let it play out, play out a little longer now, but oh, well. Um. So what was your first introduction I guess besides Cody paying you a lot of money for his <laughs> um to the whole wagon world um well I guess it would just been right then and then he said well you know you'd you've worked on all these horses you should come for a ride and I I was so nervous to go on to get in the wagon for the first time like my friend and I drove over there early one morning and I was like dry heaving on the side of the road I really didn't want to do this but my friend's like Katrina you got to do this like this is like a once in a lifetime opportunity and looking back it obviously wasn't because <laughs> I've done it more than once now but um it was right before GP Stompede so then we came and watched him in at the Stompede lots and yeah now I'm now I'm always there now he can't get rid of me <laughs> You're like, now I'm just a staple. You, yeah. <laughs> so when, when did you kind of start traveling the wagon circuit and what was that first kind of, I guess, summer that you came along on the trail? Like, yeah, I, I didn't, obviously I didn't go that year. We just met each other, but we, I came and visited a couple times. Um, and then the next year I just decided like what the heck I'd sold my good barrel horse, uh, one of my good barrel horses that spring. So it just kind of worked out that, you know, I could maybe come along. So I said, what the heck? And we did it. And then I, I try, I've been there ever, every year since other than the past year, but um, it was, a, it was a lot of fun. It was a big change for me because when you are rodeoing and when you barrel race, like you, you make your run and you load up and you go to the next one and you know, you don't stay in any place for more than a few hours. Whereas the wagons was kind of cool. Cause you got to like unload everything and hang out for seven or eight days or whatever it is. Right. Um, it, it's a lot of fun. I liked, I like cooking on the road. I like taking care. I just love, you know, opening the trailer door and there's 30 horses there for you all day, every day. <laughs> I, I really enjoy it. So what was your first Calgary Stampede like? Oh my, crazy. <laughs> we had no idea what we were doing. We probably had like 10 bar in hands, which is like, you know, seven more than we needed. But we had no idea. We just knew it was going to be a lot of work. It was crazy. And with Cody being a rookie, there was lots of um, like publicity things that he had to go and do. And so I was, he wasn't around much, you know, during the day or in the mornings. Um, so I was kind of left in charge and I didn't know what the heck we were doing, but we did the best we could. But I just remember that first year was crazy. <laughs> now you have been in the box a few times or probably mm -hmm. most of the time when he does that whole victory lap type thing coming back around the yeah. stand. What is that like? Cause that's a whole lot of people in the stands. <laughs> 
I just like worry about like what my face is doing. Like <laughs> not to smile, but trying to not to look like I'm not smiling. Um, I don't know. I just, and then I always want to like talk about the race and talk about the horses and Cody's like, just hold on. And you know, it's kind of funny, but I just never stop talking. So that probably drives him crazy. Cause I'm always talking. <laughs> I love it. It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Calgary's so crazy and it's such a crazy time. Yeah. Um, but what's kind of like your favorite parts of the Calgary Stampede? Because it's always, it's always interesting to hear. Because I mean, mine's the food. Like I have a slight. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Anyone that knows me that knows I'm just there for the food and Cody second, I guess. But <laughs> um, like we. Eat- no, like me and my friends are, and my mom, like I'm sending them the new, as soon as Calgary gives out their menu, they do it in like, you know, March or April, then I'm like sending it all over Facebook and we <laughs> know what we're going to try and like hitting up the, going there like two or three times during the day. Um, but the crowd in Calgary is just the coolest thing ever. And I, I took out right horses over the first year. Cause I really wanted to watch the infield. I don't love taking out right horses over. So the last, um, two years we've I've just been behind helping hook but even to stand on the back stretch and watch the races and the crowd is insane it's the coolest coolest thing ever plus I get to like cross paths with some pretty sweet brow racers there so besides Cody that's probably the cool thing about Calgary <laughs> you're like you're pretty cool but I see you pretty every cool, day. but this person's so. way cooler than you I'm sorry <laughs> if you could meet one barrel racer who would it be I, and then, okay, well, no, we don't even have enough time to talk about this, but I'm, and I try and like play it really cool. And I've had friends come with me that don't play it cool. And like, she posted a picture on Facebook with Lisa Lockhart holding her horses one time. And she's like the um, perks of being a dirty barn hand in Calgary. <laughs> we laugh because that's literally the only reason she comes and helps us <laughs> is to cross paths with some barrel racers and their horses. But um I was really jealous the year that Fallon Taylor walked around the barns because that was the year, the last year that we didn't go. And um, Evan was like sent Cody pictures and I was just so upset that I didn't get to meet her. And I don't know, I'm just happy to meet anyone. I'm not picky. You're like, I'll just, let's just sit and talk. I just want to learn from you. I'll absorb everything you say. Exactly. (laughs) Um. If you could go to one event in the world for barrel racing, where would it be? If I went to the NFR, I'd just cry the whole time because I get like stupid emotional at these things. Um, but the American looks like the coolest thing ever when they hand out like a million dollars to if one of the rookies wins. And we, you know, obviously we just get to watch it here on, on TV, but I think that would be pretty cool. I'm interesting. I'm interested to see what the NFR looks like this year in Texas. Yes, me too. And I think, well, I think Texas is obviously a great place to have it. I know like Vegas is Vegas and the NFR will probably never be the same, but I'm just hoping that we can, it's still live somehow and I can watch it from my phone at midnight, (laughs) the barrels anyway. You're like, uh, Cody, you can sleep by yourself. I'm just kidding. I'm here. (laughs) so what is kind of I guess your job quote unquote because you probably have a thousand of them when Mm -hmm. it comes to the barns and to kind of what you do and during the day and all that fun stuff Uh, I'm 
a control freak. I'm, I'm working at not being so bad, but anyone that's worked for me knows what I can be like. Um, I, I need to have a hand in everything or else it gives me like huge anxiety to not know how something is going. And I think that's why I can't do taking out ride horses any over anymore because I need to be back there. Um, we, I do, I do all the feed and now we had a really good barn hand the last couple of years that I could really trust her to do the feed. She got me, <laughs> but I look after the feed and what, and our, some of our horses get fed, actually all of our horses kind of get fed a little different from the next one. So, um, I really try and just watch like their bodies and what they need and yada, yada. Um, I do all the legs, I do all the therapy stuff. So the nebulizer, the Theraplate, um, we have a little massager, like I, I need to, I need to know that when we send them into a race every night that I've done everything possible that day to, you know, we've done the best we can. So whatever happens happens, but I need to know that I've done everything to make them feel their best or else that really hurts me. <laughs> yeah, like these are my babies. They will yeah. be perfect in how and, they feel. And last year, like 2019, I didn't go with Cody. Um, I showed up at the big shows. I, I think I ended up missing like three or four shows. When I say I, I wasn't going at all all summer, that's what I missed. But um, I drove him crazy because I I would call at three o'clock. Like, did this horse get Lasix? And did this horse get this? And, you know, remember Wild Needs Bell Boots? And I just like, I'd probably call him 10 times a day. And he's like, yes, Katrina, we've got it handled. And then I'd be texting our barn hand to make sure <laughs> that everything got done. But um that was the most stressful years lot on 2019 when I stayed home for some of them. I love that. <laughs> you're like, well, you're the driver, but really who's yeah. <laughs> well, no, I think anyone that's been around us knows that he's not the boss in there <laughs> and I'm not mean, I'm not mean, but I just, I have to, I have to know that everything's being done. But your, your, your background in, equine massage and equine chiropractic and yeah. all that I think that helps too because you you, you know all that that that's yeah. your wheelhouse right yeah yeah and and I took a big interest in the nutrition side a few years ago too so that's you know something that we really try and make sure is on point for each of them and I yeah. And then Cody's done really well the last few years and that's like super addicting and you want to keep doing well every night. So you just, I'm, I'm pretty competitive. I'm probably more, a more competitive person in the wagon side of things than I am in the brow racing. Um, but that's okay. We, he needs someone there to push him and he's there to push me too. So it works out. So you said that you took an interest in the nutrition side. Yeah. What does that look like? Because I mean, I talked to uh, Cooley Equine a few weeks ago and they talked about nutrition. And then I've also had the opportunity to talk to Maddie and Keegan Thomas about nutrition. So right. what does nutrition look like for you guys? Um, well, we moved to a processed feed, I'm thinking like four or five years ago um, and just started to understand, you know, what, well, how you know, starch and sugars, what that does to, for a horse, not to a horse, I should say helps a horse. And then, you know, how fat can help a horse and different energy, different types of energy, you know, whether it be from fat or from sugar and carbs and, um, you know, making sure 
vitamins and minerals are getting, you know, how much a, a horse in work should get and um, stuff like that. And different supplements, you know, that's the brow racer and me, we have 10 different supplements that maybe only one or two horses get, but I think that might benefit them. Like try everything <laughs> every once a week. I come to Cody. Okay. I read off on this supplement. I think we should try it on so-and-so next year. And um, I just, and I'll send, I'll send pictures to people higher up than me that know more about me. Like, this is what this horse looks like. I don't, I'm not super, super happy. What can we do? And um, I just, I really, it's been really interesting to understand, you know, it, and Cody talks about how, not that he, he didn't have a bad feeding program earlier. That's not it at all. But, you know, you kind of just blanket fed everything. This is what we fed the wagon horses. And this is what we fed the outright horses. Right. And now every horse has a different, different ration written on their bucket <laughs> and it's a lot more confusing, but it seems to be helping anyway. You know, it's interesting. You say this is what the barrel racer side in me, because like yeah. listening, I'm like, you know, they talk about a lot about this stuff on like horse poor and it like, it, it, it's, it's making sense now. Like it's. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, those are, I know those girls really well. And yeah, this is, this is what we are. <laughs> Bro racers are a different breed of people. <laughs> it's okay. They're awesome. Nadine yeah. responds to my messages and laughs at my silly things like dressing up as Dayton for Halloween. So <laughs> Did you see the pictures that someone dressed up as Nadine as Halloween? And it was epic. I did see that. That was hilarious. <laughs> I kind of loved it. It was awesome. It won the internet that night. Um, so I guess before we get into kind of what the last year has looked like for you guys and that, yeah. let's talk about the fun fact that I'm pretty sure every time you're in the wagon and Cody's announced, they call you his wife. And I was pretty yeah. sure you were his wife, but you're not. <laughs> I'm not. And people have just given up asking when we're going to get married. Um, it's been like five and a half years now. And then someone told me after five years that like it reset. So now he has to ask me all over again. <laughs> um, we just, and it's not, I'm just not a girly girl. And if someone would just plan this wedding for me and tell me when to show up, like I'll be there. It's not that we don't like each other anymore. That's not the problem. I just can't be bothered to plan a wedding. Um, like there's still the girl in me that would like a wedding, but I'm also super cool with just like walking to the courthouse and signing some papers and we're married. Cause we, we, I, if I got at, like, if I could choose between like a, a wedding or like a new couple new horses, like, obviously I'm just going to pick the horses and that's what we do. We just keep buying horses every year and we can't afford a wedding. I mean, it works. It's fine. It's <laughs> <laughs> it works for me so that's all that really matters right just buy a couple new horses name yeah. them I and do and there you're done <laughs> there we go new lead team <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like that'd be the perfect lead team. Like, it's good it's gold you go um but how did Cody ask you to marry him again I was just really stupid but we it was on the Cal well it was a Calgary break for us right because we weren't in Calgary so we were hanging out at his sponsors and Gibbons and we went to supper in a movie, which we do lots. And I came home and, or we came back to the sponsor's house and there's this fancy like dinner set up or a table with like, you know, fancy desserts and candles and there's music playing. And I walked in and I stopped and I backed up and I'm like, Oh, Cody, like we're interrupting something. Like I thought someone else was having like a romantic <laughs> evening. And when I turned around and then he proposed and I was like, 
I'm just not good at that stuff. I didn't see it coming. I should have seen it coming, I guess, but I didn't at all. How long had you guys been together at that point? Um, I think only a couple of years, actually. So you're like, you're like, I should have seen it coming, but you know, it just, it, it was, I just didn't. And I, I, I think I honestly knew that he was probably ring shopping and stuff. So the fact that I walked in to like this romantic room, it should have dawned on me, but I literally stopped and like tried to run out of the room. Like, oh my gosh, someone else is doing something romantic. Like, what are we doing here? I mean, Cody isn't set because you just don't expect anything. So <laughs> it's like super amazing when stuff happens. Yeah, he's all right. <laughs> um, well, that's awesome. I love that. I love hearing the proposal stories. <laughs> I think yeah, that that's, one's- that's the only story I have for you. That's as far as our <laughs> as it's gotten for us. <laughs> I mean, in all fairness, I think that one's up there with like Courtney getting mad at Casey when he tried to propose to her so (laughs) perfect at least it's memorable oh I love it um so let's kind of get into the past year because it's been crazy and as much as I'd love to say it's gonna stop being crazy I don't I know I'm getting nervous it's not yeah um but what did last summer kind of look like for you guys because it was a little bit different but it was in a couple of ways, kind of cool, different for you guys. Cause instead yeah. of going and cheering on Cody, mm-hmm. Cody got to go and cheer on I you. I tortured him. Um, I don't think Cody's ever spent a summer at home because if he he's raced what the last 15 or so 17, I can't remember. I don't know that number, but a long time. And then before he raced, he was obviously with his, his family cause his dad raced. So I don't think Cody ever spent a summer at home um and I had I obviously had the last few years where we live I'm like this is really it's really pretty here in the summer like I wish you could see it by the time we come home and in the end of August it's kind of fall here already right um but I had planned to stay home for the most part this year again anyway I had a futurity horse that was I thought was pretty nice um that I wanted to get out and compete on and um I'm really, I'm, I hate to say glad because we're not glad that the summer was canceled, but I'm really, it's cool that Cody got to be there this year for me. Um, just because I, I had a horse that's really, really talented, but like kind of scary in the same sense. And he came to every single bro race there was every single little jackpot. Um, he convinced me to enter a couple of futurities when I didn't think I had a chance and like the biggest cheerleader ever. And I'm really happy we got to do that this summer. I'm glad that he was your cheerleader. Yeah. He was, and if I, I made a couple just crazy good runs that I didn't, I didn't know that this horse could do. And I was excited, but I, you know, walk back to the trailer and he's like so excited. And that was really cool to have someone be that excited for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I get that excited for him and, and he's always excited, but it was just really cool for him to be there. Cause he's never, we've never got to do that before. Right. Yeah. Cause you guys never really, when you compete, you're never really able to compete at the same place that he is. No, no, I, I never had a horse and, and that I thought was pro caliber. So I never, 
um, entered any of the, you know, the pro rodeos that the wagons are at. And, you know, he gets to come to the couple of the winter ones or little things like that, but it's a lot different. They're a lot smaller. Right. So, um, we got to go to some pretty big ones this summer and it was a lot of fun. We, we made the best of the summer that we had anyway, for sure. And now that the summer's over and reality is set in and we're all like, mm -hmm. oh shit, we gotta do something. <laughs> um, you guys decide, hey, we're not going to stay at home. No, we're going to start a new business. <laughs> Cody has been asking, like not asking. Um, he's want, had this idea for almost a year now. And I was the one that kind of like shoved it off. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know about it. And I, you know, I just wasn't ready to dive in head first. Um, but he's probably started, um, He's been hauling horses now for only like six weeks um, as a profession, right? And it's been crazy busy. I still stayed home because, again, I can't leave the horses. That stresses me out too much. Um, so I'm like the dispatcher from home. I just line up the pickups and the drop-offs and the quotes and the bookings. And he just does the driving. And so far, it's been awesome. And it'll be a lot of fun, I think. I'll go with him eventually. One of these days, I'll get brave to leave the farm for two days. So you do a lot of, uh, a, a lot of like the behind the scenes stuff, whether it be for this new venture or mm -hmm. whether it be for looking at wagon horses or outriding horses or, you know, barrel racing horses. Yeah. Kind of just are like, the hub you're the brain you're the <laughs> but I don't I, I don't ever I I don't like I don't like being called like told that I am I'd rather I'm very like I just do my thing and I need to be involved like I um but I don't I sound silly but I don't want like any credit you know what I mean <laughs> I just like to do do my thing and research everything and and give them the here now go go try and win so when you look at, um, I guess, let's say wagon horses, what do you kind of look at? What are you looking at? And I'm sure Cody has his things that he looked for, um, which makes you guys a really cool team. And that's why I'm really excited that I got you on. <laughs> um, well, first of all, they have to have a cool name because like, what are we going to call them when they're here? <laughs> that's first and foremost. They have to be pretty. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I just... I just look up the racetracks that we shop at and look up horses that have a decent record that we might want to look at. Um, I just line up the like we have some friends that, you know, are looking for horses for us all the time too, and kind of know what we look for. And then like, say when we go to Ontario, you know, we left and I had already, I had about 10 horses in mind that we were going to check out. Um, and then when we get there, I, I, when we get there, I try try to not be a part of part of it and just like here Cody these are the ones you get to pick from and let him pick because if they don't work out like that can't be on me obviously it needs to be on him so <laughs> um but I I just do it the hard way I just look up every single race and click on every single horse and see what they've done the last few years and and I don't know I just kind of go with my gut sometimes so what are your favorite names you've heard so far uh, we have one named Buffoonery and that's his register name and that name is just stuck and that name gets people laugh about that name all the time. Um, we have a new one named Vilma and 
he's just big and like he's almost 18 hands and I don't know how he got the name Vilma and I don't know how we're going to shorten that or so he's we just call him Vilma um we have one named Sassy Mo that I think is really cool um we have uh Cody's good right another good right leader's name could have been the whiskey and that one's just kind of fun I don't know they just have to have names that you can shorten or lengthen or we've had two forests because obviously like forest is like the best wagon horse name ever <laughs> um yeah I don't know they're a lot of fun I've started looking at like the coronavirus names that came yes. out this year dear lord <laughs> I know I uh I just <laughs> again we bought this filly because I thought of the coolest name ever for her she was had corona in her parents registered names and I was laughing at all the Serb checks they were giving out so this one we bought her because I could name her cash and corona checks <laughs> so I'm yeah she's here because she has an awesome name <laughs> okay I'm dying that's awesome <laughs> um so when you look at a barrel horse, now that we've moved away from the awesome yeah. names of, you know, thoroughbred horses, <laughs> what do you look for in a barrel horse? Well, bloodlines are huge in the barrel racing world. Um, we don't follow them a whole bunch. We, like Cody and I personally, on the wagon horses, although we have some that have been really good for us that we have tried to find more of. Um, but in the barrel world, barrel racers need them to be pretty and they need them to be bred right. And if I'm going to be in the business of selling barrel horses, that's kind of what I have to look for. Um, I do like them to be a little on the hotter side and maybe that's the chuck wagons coming out in me now a little bit. All the ones that I seem to do well on are like little mini wagon horses. The little mare that I have now that had a pretty good year like she leads around like a wagon horse like at the end of her shank dragging me all over like kicking things and just being bad so not that I want them all to be like that but uh she definitely fits the bill anyway it's funny you talk about bloodlines because you're right like all the other podcasts I listen to right now that's such a big thing and when you talk to like wagon drivers some follow bloodlines but most really just don't, don't. yeah um when we went shopping in Ontario, Cody asked which ones, like, you know, asking the trainers, who's the, what's the most renegade horse on this track? Like, what's the baddest one? If you could, when you think of the baddest outlaw horse, like, which one's that? And that's the one we came home with the two that they said were the worst ones on the track. Like, we want those ones. <laughs> um, I don't know. They just have to have a wow factor when you pull them out of the stall or I want them to have a look in their eye that means they're a little, they got some spunk to them anyway. You guys like the ones that when they hear that horn and they're not on the wagon, they're like, um, excuse yeah. me, what is going on? Yeah. I sent a video um, to one of the ladies that used to own one of the ones we have here in, in uh, Medicine Hat where our, we're right beside the track. Like our pen is hooked onto the track. And when the horn goes and this one goes by, it was his first year and um he's in the pen and he's like squealing and jumping and kicking. And I got a really good video and I sent it to them. And I think it's so cool when they, they get excited, you know, and they're, if they're not on the wagon, they're mad that they're not on the wagon that night. You know what I mean? And we have a few like that. And honestly, those are the best ones, which everybody, everyone will agree with. So I'm going to get into my favorite part 
Yes. And I don't know if Cody's ever going to talk to me again after this. I joke, but uh, <laughs> he might. I might just have to show up with coffee, but you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I owe a few drivers coffee right about now, so it's all good. <laughs> so we're going to get into the Venus first Mars alignment, which is where I'm going to ask a couple of questions and you can answer you or Cody. And okay. then uh, you can expand on the reasoning why, or we can move okay. on to the next one. <laughs> okay. So, who is most likely to bring home a stray animal? Me. I, me. Like, everything. If I see a stray animal, I'm like that meme that's on Facebook, like, I'm your mother now. And I'm like, what if I've stolen someone's animal before? Because I thought it was a stray and I've brought it home. And that's happened. Um, and two weeks ago, I seen a post on Facebook where there's like a really nice thoroughbred, like a, that ran in the breeder's cup and was stakes placed. And he's at the auction mart in Winnipeg. And I didn't tell Cody cause I thought it was better to ask for forgiveness and permission. And I kind of sent these people money to bid in, on this horse to make sure he didn't go to the meat buyers. So now Cody's driving to Winnipeg this week to buy a horse that he didn't know that we owned. So it's me 100%. <laughs> I, I love it. <laughs> You're like, by the way. Yeah, I said, I said, I, I did a thing and you have this. I, and then I showed him the Equibase report, right? When this horse is like a huge race record. And I'm like, I, I bought you this horse, but look, like, look how much money he's won. And, you know, <laughs> yada, yada. And I got him obviously for a really good price. And I don't know what he looks like. And I don't know if he's crippled or not. But anyway, he's ours and he'll be here next week. <laughs> I'll love him anyways. <laughs> so who, okay, well, you know, usually I'd ask who would make the most spontaneous purchases, but I think well, you just yep. that. <laughs> we, we know who that would be. And I just, it's like I said, it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. So <laughs> um, who's the better cook? Me. Oh my gosh. When I get home late from the arena and Cody's made supper, it's like toast and eggs or now he can make hamburger helper. And he's really proud of that. But I, that's about the only girly thing I'm good at is cooking for sure. Now, is he good at the barbecue at least? Yes, he can barbecue now. Thank goodness. Cause that might've been a deal breaker, but when I met him, he couldn't really barbecue. So <laughs> getting him broke anyway. <laughs> It's taken a few years, but it's like a horse. You got to give them time. Yeah. <laughs> um, who is the better driver? Um, Cody's, uh, Cody's a better driver, but I'm a pretty good driver because I had to, like, I drove myself to the jackpots and the brawl races and the rodeos from when I was 16. So I, I did get pretty good, but like Cody's hauled logs and obviously drove the horses. And yeah, I have to say he's a better driver, but I'm not bad. <laughs> Who's more likely to get a ticket? Cody. I'm like, I'm a rule follower though. Like I don't, I don't speed and I like buy my parking pass so I don't get a ticket and you know what I mean? And yeah, definitely Cody. So you're like that, that whole 10 over rule doesn't apply to you. If it says 110, it's 110. Yeah. Kind of like maybe a couple, like Cody would let like, Cody would drive like 117 and I drive like 112. Like I gotta, I gotta guarantee that I'm not, no one's going to stop me. <laughs> Who is more willing to let the dog and the cats in the house on the bed? Okay, we're just both guilty of that. Like, we can't have children because they would just be little monsters because our animals are not 
well behaved at all. <laughs> they are spoiled little minions. <laughs> uh, it's okay. I'm sitting in my trailer and I look up at my bed and my dog has her head hanging off the bed. Like, are yeah. you getting something about this? Yeah. There's nights where I say to Cody, well, you just can't come to bed because the dog and the cat and everything, you know, it's just, sorry. <laughs> you kick them off. I'm not going to. Who has the better taste in movies? Uh, I don't know. I guess both of us. We don't, I watch a lot of Netflix, but we, uh, we'll just throw a movie on. We'll just try anything. We're not, we're not picky. Okay. Do you do the whole like W Christmas thing or is that like, not no, cause I'm not, I'm not really a girl. <laughs> so I don't, I don't care. Like I've watched a couple of them. Cause obviously once you start them, they're like really good and you have to watch them all, but no, I'm, and I'm not a, I'm not a Christmas person. Cody's a Christmas person. I'm not. I'm like the Grinch, 100%. So when your guys' house gets decorated, it's all on Cody? Yeah, it doesn't really get decorated. We put up a tree because my sister would hang me if I didn't. But like, I always have this joke that I'm just going to go buy like a ugly Charlie Brown tree and put it up with like one um, Christmas ball on it just to drive her crazy. But it really doesn't bother me if any nothing gets put up here um and then who is the early riser mm, well in the summer Cody always gets up before me I'm a little slower like I'm a half an hour behind and hopefully he's put a coffee inside the door by then um but in the if we're not on the wagons then I'm usually up a little bit earlier but I wouldn't call either of us early risers unless we have to be who's the night owl both of us that's the problem <laughs> I'll get my second win if it's summer and it's like it's 11 o'clock and there's still daylight I'm still saddling a horse like I I I'm cool with being out there all night but um and he's the same way that's I guess that's how we we get along that way all right final question and this is the one that like I I feel like I can ask you I feel we can have fun with yeah. this one uh who's the bigger partier Cody like I <laughs> it's like the running joke like after races are done and I'm like content that the horses are content like see you later I am off to the trailer I'm going to bed and I might watch Netflix for a little bit and I like Cody you know come on come no I'm good like and everybody knows that his sisters will try and get me to come out and I'm like absolutely not like I am going to bed and yeah no that is not me anymore. I was fun when I was younger, but I'm not any fun anymore. So note to self, next year when wagons happen, do not put Katrina down for a beer after the race. Well, like a quick one. <laughs> <laughs> like I'll sit around and visit, but you know, if, if the party's moving elsewhere, that's when I sneak off back to the trailer. I'm done. You're like, night. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's awesome. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody like, it's the running joke, even, you know, at, at birthday parties over here. And, um, we, there's a good friends or 50th birthday last summer. And it was like 1230 and I probably had five people come up like, Oh my gosh, Katrina, you're still out here. <laughs> like, yeah. Cause I have to, I feel like I have to be, <laughs> but everybody knows it. So I guess kind of my question now, because you, your guys' livelihood both is relying off new business and small yeah. business. 
Um, so what I guess is the hardest thing right now during the pandemic kind of moving your businesses forward? It's, I don't know. It just gives us a lot of anxiety. <laughs> the good thing, you know, I do, especially with what we're doing now, um, I think the horses will always be there for people. I think horse, you know, the small horse, not small horse community, because the horse community is huge, but I just mean the people that, you know, need a couple horses moved here and there, like that's always going to be there. Right. Cause it's some, lots of people, it's, it's their hobby. Right. Um, so I, I'm glad that we went off and did that because usually Cody's hauling logs by now and that slowed right down with the economy. So we, we needed to think of something else to do. Right. Um, it's tough because the wagon horses obviously didn't bring in any money this summer and usually, you know, they make enough to pay for themselves. Right. So, we've had to, um, you know, shuffle some things around that way. I've sold some horses that I maybe didn't want to Cody, but, um, we're going to make it work. Cause that's what we do. And you got to be a team and I support him and he supports me, but we just tell each other that we'll, we'll be fine. And we will be fine. It's just, you know, you got to look at things a little bit different. That's all. I enjoyed the Cody part of that. <laughs> he knows I'm still mad about it, but I'll get over it might already be looking at something else, but I'll tell him that later. He'll find that out when this comes out, I guess. <laughs> well, I guess that's kind of it for me. Um, I, uh, I'm really excited that I got to have you on. Yeah. Uh, people did not believe that I was getting you on. So thank you. Really? That's, and I know it's just because I have that face and we always laugh about my face. Like I don't look approachable, but I'm actually like a pretty fun person like before 11 p.m at night so like I, I am okay I'd be I'm a fun person I'd be a cool friend guys I just but I just keep my head down and I just do my thing and I try and smile at everyone but sometimes I guess I don't and yeah but I'm I'm not all bad actually I guess I didn't touch on that within the wig and community who were kind of the first friends that you made um well Evan and Adrian obviously because like Evan and Cody are just like the bestest friends. Um, but everyone's was really great to me. And it was, it was cool because when I came around, everyone's like, Oh, we've heard so much about you and we're excited to meet you. And, and that was fun because I just didn't assume anyone would really care. Right. Um, but we hang out with Evan and Adrian a lot. And, um, I really get along with Lisa Benz Miller and well, I get along with everybody, but, um, Darcy and his wife, we hang out with lots and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay to talk to anyone. I just like to talk. If anyone will talk with me, that's cool. Lisa's pretty awesome. I do love her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, cause we can talk horses. Like I, I love to just sit down and talk about horses with people. <laughs> I sound ridiculous, but, um, you know, I just, I like hearing about their shopping and what they're looking for in wagon horses and stuff like that. It's so it's kind of fun. Well, you know, I'm supposed to do a collaboration with the Horse Poor Girls, so uh, Ooh, I, might, fun. Uh, I, I might send you a message and say, hey, yeah. come on, help me yeah. out. Yeah, I, I got to hang out with them, well, because we're from the same area, right? So we've raced together a lot, but I got to hang out with them a lot more this summer than what we normally would, and Cody did too, so it's kind of funny because they know him a little better than they did before too, right? So it's, they're fun. I'm really big in this whole educating other rodeo sports about chuck wagon racing. Yeah. And we've got to do that too. And tons of my, my friends, like they 
tune in every night on the radio or on Sirius or whatever to listen to the races and they get more nervous or they'll text like what outrider took a penalty like they're just so <laughs> about it you know what I mean but it's it's fun because it, they care right and they want us to do well and it's a lot of fun that we got a lot more people hooked on it too I just realized I almost forgot to ask the most important question is it something to do with horses it is okay <laughs> Major. Yeah, I don't even care about Cody anymore. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. He sits in the driver's seat. Yeah. Good job, Cody. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we always prefer. <laughs> He's never going to talk to me after this. <laughs> um, no, he knows. He knows how it is. <laughs> um, we always refer to Logan Gorse, Canadian Idol. Um, but do you have a... Mm -hmm all-star horse that when he retires he's going to be your lawn ornament he's not allowed to leave you love him he's like the pinnacle yeah. of what a chuck wagon horse should be yeah uh, yeah we do we try not to like make we he's obviously the biggest deal that we've ever had but we um try not to be that way um last year in, or not 2019 in calgary when there was like some bad stuff going on with the wagons. I felt it was important to write the story on him. Um, God, see, horses make me crazy. Um, so anyway, I wrote this big long article in it, or this, not an article, but a post about wild because I thought it would benefit other people hearing. Um, and it went like, I did not expect it to go viral because I didn't think I was very good of a writer. I think we got like 10,000 shares, 12,000 comments or something. I had people come in and get their picture with him. Um, the Canadian thoroughbred magazine did a write-up on him it was really cool. Um, yeah. So he's kind of our big deal. Literally just bought him a new blanket last, I ordered it last week. So this morning we had to go and put a new blanket on him. Like people don't blanket their wagon horses, you know, or I don't blanket the barrel horses. I'm not riding unless they're new ones. And wild has like this fancy $400 blanket on because you know, wild needs a blanket. <laughs> he, he gets whatever he wants. And um, like Cody said, he's never had a horse like him and you never know when you're going to get one like that again. Right. So he's pretty special. And, and one of those horses that needed to be a wagon horse, he was born to be a wagon horse, um, and then got hurt on the track. Right. So, um, he, he wouldn't hold up to being a riding horse, nor would his attitude make him a riding horse. Um, he's just, he's the greatest greatest horse ever in our in our books he's pretty special I'm sorry that I choked you up <laughs> no it's okay <laughs> this is just how I am but that's awesome and I love the fact that he he got that recognition like yeah yes all the horses are great they're they're all awesome oh for sure yeah perfect well thank yeah. you and stay warm hopefully yes. it's not minus a thousand degrees up there no it's it's not bad today but we are used to it up here I just I don't know. I don't know why we live where the skin or the air hurts our face, like, but it does, <laughs> but hope maybe one day. I mean, the, the air is not supposed to hurt our face down here, but, <laughs> but it does back at the beginning of October, we got like that minus 28 degrees and I yeah. don't know why we got it, but my entire trailer froze like the mm. froze and everything. And I'm like, Hmm. Why am I doing this? Exactly. No, we were very lucky. 
we like I said it's only been cold a few nights here and we're starting to be it's obviously winter here now but we were so lucky into October hi I'm world professional chuck wagon driver Kurt Benzmiller the hours of hard work and sweat it takes to be a champion can put your body to the test sometimes you win sometimes you lose and sometimes you just need a chiropractor did you know that your chiropractor is specifically trained to help everything from neck strains to back adjustments to a foot sprain don't let pain get in the way of your goal towards the championship. Visit albertachiro.com for more information. Thank you so much, Katrina, for being a part of Women of the Wagons. Of course, the Venus vs. Mars alignment presented by the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. Don't let pain prevent you from reaching your goal to be a champion. Now, I loved that interview, and I want to point out something here because I don't think it's something I've pointed out before, but we're seeing a lot of other Western competitors who are related or married or in a relationship with our Chuckwagon competitors. And what I mean by this is, take for example, Madison McDonald Thomas. Maddie has done everything there is, it seems, um, and she's married to Keegan, and they together are their own sort of powerhouse. And then you have Dina Sutherland, who was a barrel racer. Um, if you take a look, you have Blake Molly, who's a barrel racer. Peyton Benzmiller is a barrel racer. And then you have Katrina, who's a barrel racer, who this summer, they couldn't go on the wagon circuit, but instead they went to all these jackpots and they followed her dream, which I think is a really cool thing. Um, and I love that we were able to discuss that. However, she did message me right after, and Katrina says that we need to do a little more of this because it turns out that Cody was quote unquote her coach this summer, or at least he thinks he was. So we talked a little bit more after the fact, and uh, we are going to try to get Katrina and Cody to sit down together and we're going to talk to them and we're going to, you know, listen to them discuss things because Katrina says that sometimes they get a little competitive when they talk about barrel turns and they talk about how to take them and what to do with them. So I'm really excited for that. Um, as you heard, we got to geek out over one of my favorite Western sport podcasts, Horse Poor, um, which was awesome. And fingers crossed in the future, we can do a collaboration with those girls because I really do believe that, you know, they have some cool insights into this Western sports world. Um, and I really like the fact that we can highlight each other's sport. And that's what we were able to do with this episode is not only did we talk about chuck wagon racing, but we talked about barrel racing. We talked about the love of the horses. We talked about everything that goes into this Western lifestyle. And that's just, it, it's amazing in my point of view. So that's enough of me rambling and ranting to myself. If you're looking for more Chuck Wagon podcast content, you can tune in to Outside the Wagon, the WPCA's Backstage Pass, or you can hear After the Ninth, hosted by Dayton Sutherland and myself. We have the next episode in the can. It's ready. We just need to do the intro and the extra, and then it'll come out to you guys. So fingers crossed that can happen in the next few weeks. That way you can have it sooner rather than later. Um, and then if you just want to connect with us, check us out on Instagram at After the Ninth, on Facebook at After the Ninth, and of course, check out AfterTheNinth.com. Till next time, I'm Cass Patterson. And throw me the key.